I was definitely not day drinking in the morning. Hell no. That's not me. I wasn't raised that way. I was raised to eat breakfast in the morning. And 10 o'clock in the morning, I was actually at Sunday school as a child growing up. It was no day drinking. COVID definitely had me relaxed, but in a good way, not a bad way. <laughs> I, I, I took a hit for the team, and I drank at 10 o'clock in the morning last week. Well, you, you needed need a nap. Welcome to the weekly show about art, politics, and pop culture from a phenomenally female perspective. I'm Sarah. I'm Shantae. I'm Eliane, and this is Unapologetically She. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Unapologetically She. We are on episode 25. 25 episodes. We're not going anywhere, clearly. Shantae's laughing quietly. Y'all can't see anything, but she's laughing quietly. Um, we have our guest host this week, Gamma, Gamma Ray. Hello, hello, hello. Super I'm excited. So excited. You know, I'm so happy to, I'm so happy you're like one of our guest hosts. I was just like, we need to get, we need to get Gamma. We need to get Gamma. I mean, a network oh. sister. She's a network sister. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, Gamma will be giving us our drink of the week. And then after that, we will catch up. Yes, I will. Okay, guys, our drink of the week is called a French 75. I'm actually using the Empress um, version. So it's the Empress French 75. It is um, not a sweet drink. So just prepare yourselves for that. You're going to need uh, uh, some two ounces of gin, about four ounces of champagne or your favorite bubbly, um, a squeeze of lemon juice and about an ounce of simple syrup. I used lemonade in mine because that's what I had. Um, you're just going to mix it and then pour pour it into your glass of choice and then take a sip. And hopefully you'll like it as much as I do, even though it's not a sweet drink. It's very good. I'm like, I am a sweet drink kind of girl, but I do like my tart drinks too. And this one gives you that nice little twang right in the back of your jaw, you know? It's good. <laughs> it's good. I like. So what have you all been up to this week? Uh, solo parenting my four children and bringing them to all of their locations. And then also I am a full-time student. So I've been doing that as well. So I do about um, 16 hours a week of school. So you've been busy? Wait, yes. four children? Yeah, I have four. Coming out of your little skinny body, four, four children. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when I was little, my grandma used to tell me I had birthing hips and I didn't really understand what that meant until I actually had children and then I understood oh it means that <laughs> I'm just glad I'm not the only mom on the panel oh usually I'm the only mom on the panel <laughs> and she is the mom of the panel because she acts like a she mom is. yeah she is like the mother hen I'm not always the mother hen of the group I'm like the mom who got let out for the night. You know what I mean? <laughs> what about you, Shante? What have you been up to this week? I started my first full week as an employee of the organization I've been tending for for the last six months. And it was actually not a bad week at all. You know, my boss expected what she wanted from me. We meet one-on-one. We had to get certain things set up, you know, Unfortunately, I had did not have access to certain things because it takes time. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, we, you know, it was not a bad week. So hopefully there's more productive weeks to come. Of course, everything is not going to be uh, peaches and 
and cream, but you know, you have, you know, it comes with the territory. So not bad at all. Also, there's a peer-to-peer like mentorship with mm-hmm. an executive assistant and me, because we got like the same duties. And she was just telling me certain little tricks and everything, but we've been through the same experience with past work experience at other places. So it's just like it was it was cool to see. But other than that, it was nice. Besides the fact it rained here for a couple of days. It was okay. Good. Very good. What about oh. you, mom? You went <laughs> on a trip. You went on a trip with your baby. I did. I went on a field trip and I'm kind of pissed off about it, to be honest. I mean, it was a fun trip. We had a good time, but I felt dirty the whole time because as we were on the bus on the way to this farm. Liberty Ridge Farms, for those in New York State, Liberty Ridge Farms. I found out while I was on the bus that this business is extremely homophobic, very conservative. And I didn't know that when I signed the permission slip for Dina to go. And for when when I signed up to be a chaperone, I my one of my friends commented on my Facebook after I posted the picture and I I that was literally when I found out. And it's like if I had driven my car following the bus, I would have put her on the bus or put her in the car and we would have turned right back around and gone home. But we were stuck there. So next time we are going to find a LGBT friendly farm in the area. And there are friendly area, friendly farms in the area. So we'll do that next time. And then later that night. My husband and I went to see Richard Marks and it was awesome. He gives a good show. He gives good oral, A-U-R-A-L, oral sound. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was pretty much the highlight of my week slash life. <laughs> so, so wait, you had a group of kids that were behave they were behaving or they were Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had we had four kids in our group. It was me and another mom. Um, and we had the four kids with us and they pretty much just went haywire. They got the map and went haywire. We saw pig races. We went through a corn maze and I was waiting for Jason to pop out of the corn stalks, jumping at me. Yeah, I was like, it was uber creepy. Um, but yeah, it was, we watched pumpkins being shot out of a cannon. I don't know what the hell that was about, but Okay. So, I mean, it was fun. She got to bring home a pumpkin. So, oh, so she would bring, bring home some damn apples so you can make some apple pie. No, that was, they went on a field trip last year to an apple orchard and we brought home, we got to pick like as many apples would fit into the size bag they gave us. But yeah, we didn't get to pick apples. They didn't that was apples. the whole point. When I used to go to apple picking back in seventh grade, that was a long time ago, long, long, long time ago, <laughs> like in the 90s, you know, uh, we went apple picking upstate. Like mm-hmm. that was like one of the things. Like if you're new, if you're from the downstate, from yep. New York City. Oh, forget York- about the whole pumpkin spice argument upstate. It's apple cider everything. Apple cider donuts. Apple oh. cider cake. Apple. You know, just forget pumpkin spice up here. Well, here we have pumpkin spice. We're in a city, and then listen. I only want to talk about city life because I'm always getting criticized for being a city person because I'm an elitist. That's what I was told. Oh Lord. Man. I'm an elitist from the hood. Okay, there we go. I mean, I got accused <laughs> of being an elitist because of my skincare. So, you know. Oh yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was so stupid. Anywho, <laughs> I'm gonna move. <laughs> I could go on forever. Shantae and I can go on forever about these things. But oh, we are going to get into our burning questions. I'm gonna ask each of you a question. So. Yeah. Shantae. Of course you would pick me first. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I can I can pick I can pick Gamma first. Well, go ahead, Sarah. You already said my name, so go ahead. <laughs> All right. If you can meet anyone in this world today, who would it be? If I could be anyone in this world today, I'll be Vice President Kamala Harris. If you could if you could meet anyone in this whole world. It will be Vice President Kamala Harris. <laughs> the I, is- I, I knew that was gonna be the answer. Because everybody was like, Well, you want to meet Tish James too. Tish James in the city, you can always bump into her, like, what's up, girl? How you doing? Like how many times I bump into Tish James at Starbucks on 125th Street when she was coming from the Apollo. Like, you can always see her. But Vice President Harris, like you don't see her, like because she's you know, doing shit. She's all so, over the country. She's not just in one state. So when if people are writing articles like, where's she at? 
Mm-hmm. It's really easy to find her schedule, y'all, if you want to know where she is. <laughs> to me, Public knowledge. Yes. Gamma, <laughs> who is your all-time favorite Disney character? Uh, Lord, why did you stump me with such a hard question? <laughs> <laughs> My all-time favorite Disney character. Um... I guess pulling from what I most recently watched from Disney, I would pick the character from the, um, what was the recent movie with the, the Magdala house? Um, and we don't talk about Bruno. Oh, Encanto. Encanto, the um, Isabella. I just really adored her. Yeah. She My daughter was like, just watching that again. Yeah, like she didn't have a special power, but she was like, so empathetic I think and she could see people in a way that beyond their power or whatever and I just really like I liked it I liked her character oh Mirabelle 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 oh my god see yeah. I, I was like I wait a minute no powers I was like Isabel made flowers <laughs> I don't watch tv I don't watch movies enough to actually pay, pay attention to people's names so but the main character on Encanto I just really liked that character I love her. I love that character. It makes, she makes me cry. Just an empathy and everything. She makes me cry. So, okay. Miss Shantae. Oh, a burning question for you. Oh, I thought we were going to skip out of that. I was just, I was. You like to flip things on people. So if you was to meet anybody, (laughs) who would you meet? Like besides Richard Marks, you know, because he retweeted you. Who would you meet? VP Harris. Okay, there we go. See? Same same, same answer. Vice same President answer. Harris. I think that could be everybody's answer, right? Or at least uh, but between the three of us, that would be all our answer. Yeah. Everybody. I just want to sit next to her. Like, I don't even, like, I just want to absorb her essence. <laughs> <laughs> her, like, oh, just Laura, absorb you know that I mean? joyful warrior energy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So much. It's just such good energy. All right, so let's get this show on the road. So since we had all those burning questions and Sarah want to put that and I put pose it on her, now we can get to our shot and chaser. For those <laughs> who are just tuning in, uh, our shot and chaser is basically topics that we have of the week. It could be from politics to pop culture to art. You know, some are fluent in pop culture. Some are challenged in pop culture all of a sudden. Me and Shantae raising our hands on that one. Because we don't know shit. But, you know, because... It ain't for me. I don't know it's for Sarah, but I know this shit ain't for me. And I'm 36. People are like, well, you're young. But I was like, well, this shit ain't for me. So here it is. So we're going to get started with our Sean Chaser. And I don't want to, you know, get, you know, people all mixed up and everything because I just had it open of who is because we always keep a list of people who will do their shot and chaser first. And the first one I believe is Miss Sarah with the glasses on. My glasses. They're nice, by the way. Nice frames. Thank you. These ones are my non-reading glasses. I have a fun post-production story story for you guys about that, about my glasses later on. Anywho, um, for my shot, I was initially going to cover the DOJ's charges against uh, 13 Chinese nationals that came out um 13 people including chinese and including chinese intelligence officers in three separate cases it was a huge huge thing and i'm surprised that the news didn't carry it for longer and i'm really appalled that our news media didn't really cover much of it in the stories anyhow that kind of got bumped um for a more recent story, and that is the assault of the speaker's husband, Paul Pelosi. Um, I know that everybody has heard about this. I mean, our listeners, I'm sure, have heard about this. But a radicalized, extreme, right-wing, conservative man broke into Speaker Pelosi's home and assaulted her husband, cracked his skull open with a hammer, 
Paul had to have brain surgery. He's going to make a full recovery. Thank God. But the man went in there asking, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? The police come into the house. He says, we're waiting for, Nan for Nancy. And the thing that's not being spoken about very loudly, this was an assassination attempt against the Speaker of the House of Representatives of the United States of America, the second in line to the presidency. And it's not being framed that way. They're, they're covering it as they should because it's such an important thing, but they're not covering it as a potential assassination attempt. And this is something that has happened as a result of decades of demonization of the speaker by the right. You know, we have current members of the house who are saying little, if anything. You know, we, we are, we have a House of Representatives that holds Republican members like the wannabe next Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, who actually said the words, when I become Speaker, I want to hit Nancy with the gavel. This is an elected leader. And they're fomenting the kinds of things that this guy, David DePapi, did, breaking into the Speaker's home and assaulting her. Not to mention January 6th, going in there, looking for Nancy Pelosi, saying that they wanted to drag her out and hang her with Mike Pence. So I'm pissed off about that. And what I want people to realize, what I want my demographic to realize, listening to this, if you are still on the fence, you've got a serious fucking problem because there is nothing to be on the fence about. We are going up against a party who outright calls for the assassination of opposing political leaders, encourages their followers to do exactly that, in addition to all the rights they want to take away, including yours, white women. So don't lie about being on the fence. You are either voting for a Democrat or you are too afraid to tell people that you are voting for the fucking Republican and voting for the downfall of democracy. And that's my shot. Amen. Let the church say amen. <laughs> amen. There's <laughs> nothing else for me to say because Sarah already said it. I mean, you know, you have people like Glenn Youngkin saying some shit, people defending that shit. And, you know, then you got Rick Scott on the Sunday show saying, you know, still trying to downplay the democratic messaging it's not popular but obviously y'all just did this did yourselves in y'all not getting the house you're already not getting the senate but you're really not getting the house now because of this shit i told you there was something coming i did say it sarah there was going to be something coming and it so happened to be nancy pelosi's husband you know getting knocked upside the head with a mm -hmm. hammer and it was an assassination attempt on our speaker do you guys, have you guys heard the latest conservative conspiracy theory about it? I don't even want to know, but go ahead. Suppose, supposedly it's his gay lover. It was Paul yeah. Pelosi's gay lover and got upset. Paul Pelosi's not even an ounce of no. the LGBTQ club. No, no, no. But that's their latest conspiracy. Instead of owning their own violence and owning their own harmful words and behaviors, yeah. Yep. Say anything you want to say, Gamma, with, with this? I just, uh, I just, could you imagine the histrionics if this was Newt Gingrich? Like, it, when he was Speaker of the House, like, could you imagine? Um, you know, they would be falling and, and fawning all over themselves to make it into a huge, big deal. And we would never hear the end of it. I also think, you know, it, we need to ask ourselves what kind of democracy do we have when people, um, you know, our most highest prominent politicians are having assassination attempts on them? More than one time. This isn't the first time this has happened to Nancy Pelosi. They made it very clear on January 6th what they wanted to do to her. And they didn't get to do it then. And so they're trying to finish it now. And I mean, it's very clear what they want to do. So if you're making a choice to sit out, if you're making a choice to encourage other people to sit out you are okay with this and you're encouraging this and that's really all i have to say 
exactly. Sarah, is there anything else you want to say before? Nope, I on? am good. Well, you said a whole word within <laughs> less than five minutes, which, you know, people trying to dance around the word this morning, I heard in church, couldn't even get to the moral of their word. But I digress. So, Gamma, what is your shot? Okay, so mine also kind of changed because this week has literally been a year. Um, mm -hmm. At the beginning, when I was putting everything together, I really wanted to talk about this trifecta of viral infections that is going around. We have the flu, RSV, and COVID that people are seeming to get all at once. I know like, like a lot of people in my town have been sick and it's not with COVID, it's with other stuff. And like we're talking about, I'm seeing a lot of like, oh, well, we've been locked up for two years. Our immune systems are low. No, we have not been locked up for two years. That never actually happened. It's we all got COVID and now our immune systems aren't working. And so we're catching all this shit. And so, you know, just be mindful of that and wear your masks and wash your hands. But what I really picked for this uh, shot after this morning was uh, the casual acceptance of anti-Semitism and Nazism in our lives and our, our refusal to stomp it down on site as soon as we see it and how we are just ushering it in by accepting it and allowing it. Um, and that when we see Nazis and people perpetuating Nazi ideals and propaganda, it should be immediately shut, immediately and I'll even say violently shut down mm -hmm. because what they want for us is violence. And so we have to stomp it out before it's too late, if it's not already too late. I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, it's, it's one thing when you're talking about, you know, basic civil disagreements and like not being violent or whatever, but when you have a good chunk of the population of the United States that literally wants to hurt and kill you, you can't just sit there and say, oh, well, I disagree. Right. You have to fucking fight back. You have to. Hmm. very true no you, you made a point you two made great points with you know the white supremacy that's happening in this country like people think oh it went away after 1964 60, or Martin Luther King died no the fuck it did it was always here it was just the fact that it tampered down a little bit but it was always here it's, it's in the jobs it's in when you get housing it's, it's, it's in every institution that you can think of Mm -hmm. It's the thread in which everything is weaved. Agreed. Yeah. And if we don't say, like, like, this is our chance. If we don't say right now, no. We're not just, oh, go do it over there, or oh, not around me. Like, if we just say, this is not acceptable, we are not accepting this, mm -hmm. then they will have to go away because it won't be accepted, it won't be validated. But when we ignore it, when we choose neutrality, when we don't want to be the one to cause the scene and we don't want to be the one who is assertive, we're allowing it to be there in our lives and allowing it to exist in our lives. Yeah, it's like that whole thing where they ask, you know, like, what would you, you know, people saying, you know, well, if I were alive in the 1930s with the rise of the Nazi party, I would have done blah, blah, blah. No, what you would have done is exactly what you're doing now. Exactly, exactly. It's and it looks a lot like turning away to be polite or being scared of getting, you know, in trouble ourselves. And it's that it all goes back to ego, but right, we just got to like die to our ego and understand that some things are just not okay and not acceptable ever. I agree. Shante, what do you got, my love? Well, it's both tied into y'all shots because it segues way into we got nine days until. The midterm elections 2022 early voting started in some key states it started here in new york state it's for about a week in like a day or two and so if you are if you're not if you don't know what your registration if you don't know if you're registered as what party is if you don't know your polling site go to iwillvote.com or dot org is it dot com or dot org i think it's dot org because oh. right. i just want to make sure that everybody has the right 
information when they go out and vote to make sure they check their registration, check your polling site, because for some places I know here, you have an early polling site and then you have an actual voting day site. Iwillvote.com. Yep. Oh, thank you. Thank it, you is dot com. it is dot com. It is dot com. So Iwillvote.com. Check your registration and check your polling site for early polling site and then check your voting register and check your polling site for the actual election day if you can't vote because I know um, early voting sites sometimes close before you get out of work and you miss it as long as you go out and vote. That's all that matters because as I say, and I'm gonna keep saying, everything is on the line. Our voting rights is on the line. I know as a black person, my voting rights are on the line because it's been gutted. The federal law has been gutted for almost 10 years now. Thanks to Chief John Roberts on the Supreme Court, that shit has been gutted. Next up, you have civil rights. Civil rights for black and brown people and people of color, even LGBTQ+. Yes, there's LGBTQ+. If you want to know the plus, it's IA, and I'm pretty sure more acronyms will be add on. But until then, it's LGBTQ+. That means marriage equality. That means interracial marriage. That's the loving law. That includes the Brown versus Board of Education. They try not. They try to segregate schools again. There's a senator that said out loud he wants to repeal Plessy versus Ferguson. He no, he actually wants to enact that and put separate but equal. This is what the Republican Party is saying this out loud. They're anti-democracy. They're pro-domestic terrorism, white domestic terrorism. This is their agenda. They literally said that they're not, they're not going to cancel your student loans at all. You have they to stopped support- it from happening. And they stopped it from happening. They the took Supreme President court. Biden to court. Exactly. And there's more to come. You can still apply, but you're going to have to hold on. This is exactly why, this is exactly why you need to vote. And I don't want to tell how people they should vote, but I'm going to fucking say it anyway. You vote blue up and down the ballot. If you want your student loan canceled, if you want clean energy, if you want your voting rights, that's the main thing. Because without voting rights, you ain't getting shit. You ain't getting out a motherfucking nickel or dime in this motherfucking fight. I can motherfucking tell you that. Yes, I'm saying motherfucking because like right now they're coming out more of the whoop words. What happened to Speaker Pelosi's husband and these Republicans are still flipping this shit and conspiracy theories and you second guessing yourself. And I'm not just talking about white women. I'm talking about some of them ashy high tests. Those black men and those black women said, what the Democratic Party done for you? The last time I checked, I got health care. Last time I checked, I had my stimulus and, you know, extra money. I have housing still. Affordable housing. Um, Let's see. Some of the prices for certain things went down. I remember the Clorox wipes was $2.19. Now it's $1.19 again because of inflation. It's all about the motherfucking merchants of who's selling the products. So when people ask what the Democratic Party done, look it up. We got the first black Supreme Court justice on the Supreme Court as a woman. That's a long time coming. So all these groups of people, white women, uh, black people that are anti, the reparationists, that's what I, well, they want to call themselves abolitionists. Listen, if Harriet Tubman was alive, she would slap the shit out. No, she actually would shoot them. Fuck. Harriet Tubman would shot them. Malcolm X would have shot them. Martin Luther King would have just walked away from you. That and, and that's the truth. A whole bunch of black people actually leaders would actually walked away from you. So they need to shut up. And also, never Trump was anybody. Is if we're talking about white women, we're talking about um, the 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 rep, the reparationists, abolitionists. But we we skate around never Trumpers because they are the key factors too of why we got problems that we got today besides far leftists. We know far leftists ain't shit, but those never Trumpers are always looked at as the good civilian people, the good, the, the good Samaritans. Well, those good Samaritans want to bump off the vice president off the next ticket for 2024, okay? That's why you keep your eyes on them. You never trust them. Like, I wish people would stop like spouting their message because it's full of shit. And why I'm going on a, a tangent because half of these people is the reason why we got the fucking problems that we got today. Why the bum from Jamaica Estates was their Frankenstein. Now they can't fucking get rid of them. 
They don't know how to get rid of this two thirds of election deniers running for office. So let me just make this plain. Vote blue down the ballot. Everything is on the line. If you don't, we will not have a democracy. Yep, I, that's pretty much it. I mean, although I will, I will add. Um, for and I know all of us follow Case. If you do not have a Democrat on your ballot in this election, vote for the person that's going to have the most harm reduction. Yes. If you don't have if you don't have a Democrat on your ballot, harm reduction. That's it. I think there's like a, a general um, people want to believe there's good on the other side, on the Republican side of the party. And we have to really kind of like it just acknowledge and accept that the party as a whole has decided that the current situation is acceptable for them, beneficial for them, and mm -hmm. it's what they want. And so, you know, we have to accept who they are, um, accept what it is they truly want. Mm -hmm. uh, because a lot of us, especially people in my lane, Asian Americans, Asian Canadians who want to side with the white man and be that number two model minority um, without understanding that without democracy, we end up in camps. Mm -hmm. And I know that personal experience. Um, you know, without democracy, we don't have economy. Without democracy, you have no bodily autonomy. Not even can I have an abortion, but eventually, can I wear my hair this way? Can I wear these clothes in public? Can I uncover my head? Can I have this life-saving procedure because right. it's also used for abortion, even though I'm not pregnant? Yes. So as, as some of y'all know, I have a very chronic, um, not awesome autoimmune disorder that attacks my body. Like my cells have rewritten to break down my proteins in my muscles. And I was put on methotextrate, which is the first line of um, medication for most autoimmune patients. It is highly contradictive for pregnancy. You have to take a pregnancy test before you take it. You have to be on some sort of birth control because it's bad for both baby and mom if you get pregnant on this drug. And there are people right now who are not getting the drugs they need because of Republican controlled states where they are banning these drugs for not men, not men who have these autoimmune disorders, but only women who have these autoimmune disorders because we could possibly get pregnant. It is absolutely terrifying and it doesn't stop at that. It will only get worse and worse if we do not turn out, if we don't bring a friend, if we don't do everything that we can do to make sure that the numbers on November, is it November 6th? Are November, so November 7th or yeah, November 8th. <laughs> November 8th. <laughs> November 8th. Numbers. Um, we have to make sure that the numbers are so high, they can't be argued with, they can't be manipulated, and they can't be negated in any kind of way. It's literally our last chance. Your lives, your livelihoods are literally on the line. If you can't bring yourself to think outside of yourself and think of democracy as a whole, if you're going to be that kind of a selfish person, then Think about yourself, how those, how your life is directly going to be impacted if Republicans gain control of the House or the Senate or both, because they will come after you. They will fucking come after you. Yep. And on that joyous note, uh, we are going to, uh, Shantae and I had a chance to sit down with Brandon Gray. He is a Democratic candidate for the North Carolina House in District 60, 62 or 42, 42, I think. Uh, but we will now go into our interview with Brandon.
Welcome to our interview uh, with Brandon Gray. He is a candidate in uh, the North Carolina State Legislature for the State House. Uh, uh, Brandon, what district are you running in? 62. 62. And Brandon is a Guilford County native. He is a small business owner, a community activist. He serves as the first vice chair of the Guilford County Democratic Party and on the North Carolina Democratic Party Executive Committee. And he lives in Oak Ridge with his husband and his grandmother, whom he also cares for. Brandon is also part of our K High family. So, welcome, Brandon. We are very excited to have you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with all of you um, and for the opportunity. Um, I, you and I have known each other since around 2018, 2019, and you had previously run for the North Carolina House before redistricting with this last census. Um, why, why did you decide to run then and which district did you run in for that election? So back in 2020, I was encouraged to run for it um, just because it's um, important to me that we don't just hand Republican seats, that they actually have to um, work for the seats, whether it's um, spending a little money or having to go out in public um, and run a campaign. I think when we just hand the seats over, um, it's a wasted opportunity to waste the Republicans' money. So um Back in 20, that was pretty much what we were doing and got just frustrated with my opponent because of I had been emailing him since 2016, never got an email back. Um, and it actually was the same district that I'm running in now, District 62. Um, the map just changed a lot with redistricting. What does your potential constituency look like? Yeah, so... In 2020, um, we ran in one of the most heavily gerrymandered districts, which North Carolina has been gerrymandered with these last maps and the um, courts have continuously ruled them um, unconstitutional, gerrymandering, targeting um, black communities across North Carolina. One of um, the biggest HBC, HBCUs that's in um, Guilford County, where I live, they actually split the university in two different congressional districts to split the vote. Um, to get two Republicans elected um, to Congress. So we got, we wow. eventually got that um, redone. Now we have a Democrat in Congress. And earlier this year, they tried to um, put Guilford County, which keep in mind, Guilford County is the third largest county here in North Carolina. Um, and, and they tried to split us into three different congressional districts. Um, and the court struck those down. We have new maps, um, but those maps will only be good for this term. Um, in 2024, we'll have new maps for Congress, which is frustrating, um, but there's actually a case that's in the Supreme Court right now um, that's gonna be heard in December, which is Moore v. Harper, which a lot of folks are kind of sleeping on and don't know about, but it's, talks about can the legislature step in and draw these maps instead of having an independent council come in and draw these maps fairly so they're not gerrymandered to one party or the other. Um, in my 2020 campaign, I advocated for um, just fair redistricting and an independent redistricting committee to come in and do it because Democrats have gerrymandered districts here in North Carolina um, before and just 2010, the Republicans took over um, the majority in both chambers for the first time and also the um, governor seat. So they did a lot of damage when they flipped that with the census data, they were able to draw these maps how they wanted to. Um, so just fair maps is what I'm, what I'm advocating for. We don't need politicians um, picking their constituents. The constituents should be picking their politicians and that's not really happening, but back to the district, it was Republican plus 11. Now we are Democrat plus one. So we have 1% more registered Democrats here. We lost a couple of the rural precincts, um, which I live in the rural part of Guilford. Um, so we were, we lost a little bit of High Point, which is second largest city here in Guilford. And then we picked up 51% of the districts new to us with Greensboro, which is I think it's the third largest city in the state. So that's huge for us. 
Um, we picked up a lot of um, diverse communities. We have a large AAPI population as well as um, black population um, and Hispanic population. So we are excited to have a diverse district this time before it was very white. Um, so excited this time and hopeful for our chances with all the polls they've ran on our race. It shows it's a toss up. Um, and I think the needle definitely moved after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Um, just more of what you were saying with, you know, the fact that your county is becoming purple and can lean very blue with incoming elections. And due to the fact that your opponent is, you know, a much older person, seasoned, as I said, I don't want to disrespect people calling them old. So, um... What did you learn during your last run? Because you ran for a congressional seat. And how are you adapting your current campaign to those lessons? For example, like money with canvassing, you know, explain. You don't have to like go like OD in debt, but, you know, just explain like what lessons you learning and what are you doing to make your campaign, you know, appeal to your constituency that is purple leaning towards blue? Yeah, so 2020 was um, definitely an interesting cycle. We were um, in a pandemic, which none of us, we were all on a level playing field in that aspect because none of us had ever ran for office in a pandemic. We didn't really know how to reach voters. And you know, um, here in North Carolina, how Democrats win is really going door to door canvassing. Um, and it really hurt, um, down ballot races getting Democrats elected where because we weren't able to um, canvas back in 2020. So I remember one thing we did do was go around and put door hangers on the district. But like I said, a lot of it was um, rural areas. So sometimes you would have to drive um, two or three miles to the next house to put a door hanger. So it was very time consuming. Um, there also it was weird with with funding um, in 20 because everyone's money was tight because everything was so um, unsure, but I'm proud of the race we ran in 2020. No one ran against my opponent and ran the, a race like I did and talked about the issues. Um, it was a, it was a hard fought campaign and it definitely resonated with the voters having a clear choice on the ballot and talked about um, all these issues because my opponent is someone that just gets reelected every cycle. Um, and goes to Raleigh and doesn't come back. He does a Christmas parade once a year. Like we've, I've been in politics since 2015. I've only seen him three times. Um, and one time was last week, um, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> um, but just the things I learned is continue to um, meet folks where they are. This cycle we have, since I announced back in, gosh, I think it was February, maybe March, which seems like forever ago with these COVID years, um, but also seems like not that long ago. Um, but we've been meeting folks where they are. And when I lost in 2020, I continued to stay active in my community. And I didn't think I was gonna run for office in 2022 um, or 2024. I thought I was just gonna help get Democrats elected. And then um, earlier this year, woke up to a lot of messages when redistricting was happening and they were like, run Brandon, run. And I'm like, for what? And they were like, it's a district <laughs> that Governor Cooper won by 10 points, President Biden won it by three points. So they were like, you have to run, you worked so hard in 20, now you have a district that is actually competitive. Um, so just having those conversations, we canvas almost every day of the week and um, just meeting folks where they are and having those important conversations and listening to their concerns because there is so much at stake in this election here in North Carolina. No. Now, your Republican opponent is an election denier. He's also a far-right candidate. He has launched some really vicious and untrue attacks at you. I've, I've seen some of the flyers um, that you sent, and it's just wow. Are those tactics resonating with voters in, in that district? Like, are, and if it is, how are you reaching out to those voters 
to tell them who you are and what you're about. So an interesting story the other day I was canvassing and the male lady had put these people's mail on a seat on their front porch and it was a attack ad against me. So I knocked on their door because they were on my list. Um, unfortunately, they didn't answer. So I, it was a missed opportunity to tell them like, hey, I see you have this on your porch. Well, this is the real me um, and set the record straight, which um, just talking with the voters, um, they realize that it's like it's all attacks and it's all lies. Um, the Republican Party here in North Carolina, as well as my opponent, they have no solutions. So they're using fear mongering and lies to try to win this election because they know women are pissed off all across our state and crossing the aisle for unfortunately the first time ever but fortunately for us because our race is going to determine if we have enough seats to uphold governor cooper's veto which means protecting reproductive rights and also um being able to veto they already want to do like north carolina's version of a don't say gay bill um but their first priority come january the speaker of the house said is an anti-choice bill to ban abortion so just making sure that we're able to flip this toss-up seat um if democrats lose three seats in the house republicans will gain a super majority and unfortunately we won't be able to uphold governor cooper's veto so just it's a lot on the line. It's a lot of pressure on me. Um, I'm doing everything we can. Um, an in another interesting story. I got a call from a volunteer earlier Friday, uh, which was the second day of early voting. This Republican guy came up to her and said he was voting for me because he got 18 attack ads for me. Um, and this man actually called me today and he was like, you and Sherry Beasley are the two Democrats I voted for this cycle just because of the vicious attacks that they have launched against y'all. They were like, your opponents are um, scared of y'all. And that lets me know that you're good candidates and you're, they're trying to stop you. So just countering those attacks. He said he's never got 18 attack ads for a person um, in all of his years living here, not even in presidential races. So it's, it's interesting, the attacks that have been launched at us. Like I said, just 18 mailers. Um, they were actually- That, that seems very excessive. Yeah. And I think part of it is he is very vulnerable. He's not able to get out in the district and campaign. Um, so they are just relying on, on these scare tactics. Um, open. And they're also like targeting Democratic women and unaffiliated women with some of the mailers. Like there was five different ones that a PAC sent out on his behalf talking about um, crime and all these things and said that I'm the reason why this happened. And I'm like, I'm not even elected. How am I at fault for crime? And like all these other things that you would think a career politician would know that we don't have power to do some of these things in the state house that he's saying. Um, like one of the things was I was going to make gas $13 a gallon. And I'm like, wow, if I'm this powerful without being elected, imagine what I can do when I am elected. Oh my God. It's, it's wild. That, like that said, sounds, no solution. Wow. That sounds like a, a journey, I guess, <laughs> to be taking. Yeah. And it, we're like at the point in the cycle where I'm going out and I'm getting recognized because they see me on TV, they see me on their Facebook ads with the attack ads, or they seen our ads. And like some of the people like look at me and I'm like, is it because they believe what these mailers are saying? Like one of the things talked about um, legalizing meth and heroin. And I'm like, who would believe this? Um, and that's what they were sent a cease and desist order about is to get that ad taken down because I'm like, at this point, like, it's just disgusting the links they're going to try to save this seat. You seem like a very pragmatic Democrat and your legislative goals for North Carolinians in your county. And where can our listeners go to find more about your candidacy platform and help you in this election one week ago. So where people, one week to go, excuse me. So where we can, you know, where people can find your stuff. Yeah, so all my social media is at Brandon Gray NC. My website is brandongraync.com. All the info on there is 
on my website. Uh, if you want to phone bank with us, throw us a few dollars um, so we can get last minute um, ads. It'll probably um, just go to our ad budget at this point um, so we can reach more of an audience. Because like I said, we're trying to counter the vicious attacks that we're dealing with on the other side. Um, but a lot of the reasons and the values that I had in 2020 are still the things that I'm running on in 2022. We are on year three of a pandemic. Um, North Carolina is one of 11 states that still has not expanded Medicaid. Um, growing up, I had Medicaid and it gave me access to the life-saving healthcare that I needed, but that my family could not afford. I carry stories with me from folks that I met in 2020 that lost their loved ones because Medicaid was not expanded and they were not able to get the health care that they needed. So Republicans have failed us here in North Carolina by not expanding Medicaid for the last 12 years. My opponent um, has voted against it time after time. Um, and it's just, it's disgusting that we're playing politics when it's coming to folks' lives. Um, the other issue um, that we've encountered that no matter what part of the political party you're in, like people care about being able to make their own healthcare decisions. So reproductive rights, that is a huge um, goal of mine is flipping this seat so people can still make decisions about their body. I trust folks to make their own healthcare decisions. We need to keep politicians out of the doctor's office and not in there and telling folks what they can and can't do with their body. Um, earlier this year, the Supreme Court here in North Carolina um, had a case called the Leandro case, and it shows that our schools are being grossly underfunded. Um, public education is under attack here in North Carolina. Um, our teachers are literally fleeing to other states because they are not being paid um, a living wage. They're having to work jobs on the side. I've met teachers who work two and three jobs um, just to be able to pay their bills and provide for their family. And that shouldn't be happening. Um, I remember my senior year, I lost my two favorite teachers and they went to a red state where they were being paid more than they were here in North Carolina. And North Carolina used to be the education state when we had Democrat control of the House and the Senate and governor. Um, and then things shifted in 2010. So we, we have to get back to being a leader um, in education. And school safety is another concern of mine, um, which is another, another attack that my opponent has launched against me is I want to make schools less safe for our students. And that couldn't be further from the truth. My generation knows what it's like to go to school and be scared. We've had active shooter drills, like many of your children have at school. You shouldn't have to go to school and be scared that you could not come home to your family. Um, my opponent hasn't been in schools in 60 years, so I don't expect him to understand the concern that um, young folks have as well as parents. But I wanna make our schools as safe as possible as well as properly funding them. And that starts with paying our teachers a better wage um, and also investing in our schools. We shouldn't have schools in our state that have um, moldy ceilings and ceilings that are falling in and toilet seats that aren't even attached. And we have school books where George Bush is in his first term in them. We need, we need to properly fund our education here in North Carolina. My goodness. Wow. That's, um, that's a lot of work you're going to be uh, getting ready for, which I'm sure many North Carolinians will be glad for. So yes, um, thank you for being here. And uh, we are going to go ahead and close out this segment for our regular listeners. And if you are a patron through our Patreon, you can catch us on the other side of this interview for patron only access. And welcome back to our regular episode. We are going to go straight into our bitch ass and badass of the week. Uh, first with our winners from last week. So last week, our bitch ass nominees were King Charles for scheduling his coronation on Archie's birthday. Dickhead move, by the way. Uh, Shane Hazel for running as a, was he, he was running as an independent 
in one of the gubernatorial races, taking numbers as away? As a libertarian candidate, yes. As a libertarian candidate, okay. And then the third was Herschel Walker, because I, do we really need to give a reason? There are so many reasons to choose from for Herschel Walker. Uh, and with 55% of the vote, the winner for Bitch Ass of the Week was Herschel Walker. So well done, Bitch Ass. Our Badass of the Week winner for last week, uh, our nominees were Stacey Abrams, because, hello, badass, badass Black woman. An anonymous Texas mom uh, who saved a couple of kids from their abusive parents. And the third is Val Demings. And this one was so close, y'all. It was so close. 38% winner is Val Demings at 37% the anonymous Texas mom. So it was really, really close in the polls. So those are our winners. Bitch ass of the week went to Herschel Walker. Badass of the week went to representative, hopefully, hopefully soon, Senator Val Demings. And this week's nominees, kick us off, Shantae, with your nominee for bitch ass of the week. My nominee for bitch ass of the week is Jink Fuger, who is a former Republican, now progressive, but voting for a Republican and the LA mayoral race between Rick Caruso, who is a former Republican, and um, Karen Bass. Keep in mind, he's supposed to be a progressive, but you're saying Karen Bass's policies is establishment appeal because of the crime quote unquote, that's going on. He doesn't understand. This is why he should stick. Then again, we don't want him on the East Coast neither because he's from New Jersey. Mm -hmm. So that explains so much. Listen, he's a bad representation because all New Jerseyans is not like Jim Huger. That's true. We do have Cory Booker. Yeah. And and there's a couple other New Jerseyans ain't like that. Like him and, 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 and Chris Christie are the rejects of New Jersey. They don't, they're not even like the New Jersey, okay? Especially Chris <laughs> Christie. We ain't even gonna go there. That's a whole nother subject. But yeah, but he um is supporting Rick Caruso. And everybody's comparing Rick Caruso to our our New York mayoral race. Not even close. Because Rick Caruso was actually a bad dude. Okay? He's not a good dude. This man was a Republican for years. Not like someone was a Republican for four years. He was a Republican for years like Elizabeth Warren. So that's it exactly why. And Jim Fugger is full of shit. He is a fucking bestiality, misogynistic, racist-ass motherfucker. And it was more to come. I wish he was a nominee every week for bitch ass of the week. So here it is. Jim Fugger is bitch ass of the week. All right, who you, who do you have, Gamma? Um, so I have the thirty progressive, quote unquote, Republicans. Uh, I mean, Democrats <laughs> um, that wrote and signed a letter encouraging President Biden to compromise with Russia over Ukraine because, for some reason, I must miss the day when the U.S. became, you know, the governor of Ukraine and made their decisions for them. But um, yeah, they can all kiss my ass. Mm. I was really disappointed to see um, Congressman Rank- Raskin's name on that list. You no, know, I was too. Like, yeah, like, yeah, it does not make any sense at all um, for him to be signing that paper. But mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. But I will let it. I like. I I will add on to that. Still vote for them. Because the worst Democrat is still better than the best Republicans. So, so still vote for them. Yes. And you know what? What's, what's interesting about that is that the Democrat Party is huge. It's a huge, huge tent that we say this all the time. We're a huge tent. We are welcoming of everyone. And that puts us, that gives us a spectrum of people who are more on the conservative side and then more on the progressive side and then all the people that are in the middle. And so um, Republicans are just, just want fascism. I mean, <laughs> you know, we can argue with the spectrum all day long, but I'd much rather have that spectrum than have just fascism. So yes, continue to vote for them, but have high expectations for the people that you do vote for. Absolutely. 
My nominee this week is Penn State because those bastards had the nerve to invite Proud Boys to speak on their campus. And while saying out of one side of their mouth, oh, the Proud Boys views are abhorrent and we don't agree with them at all, inviting them to the campus and then slapping the students on the wrists when they protest the Proud Boys coming to campus. So they're not, they would rather bitch at their students for protesting, which hello, First Amendment, that's supposedly what it, that's all about is allowing free speech on ideas, even if you don't agree with them. So you're gonna bitch at your students for protesting insurrectionist, racist, anti-Semitic, white supremacists coming to your campus. So, of course, this is also the same football team that covered up the sex abuse of their football players. So, you know, Penn State, my nominee for bitch ass. And now for our badass nominees. Oh, well, I guess I should. Yeah, run down those bitches. I got to run them down again. Jank, was how you spell, how do you say his last name? Yuger? Uger. Uger. Jank Uger, the 30 progressives who signed the letter for Biden to negotiate with, uh, Putin about Ukraine and Penn State for inviting the Proud Boys and then admonishing their students. And now our nominees for Badass of the Week, Gamma, who do you have for Badass? I have nominated Ms. Abby Nguyen, the candidate running for Secretary of State of Georgia. She is killing it. She's out there working her little booty off to get those votes and not only to get those votes, but to get votes for Stacey Abrams. She is exactly what us Asian Americans should be doing to ensure that democracy continues and to ensure the safety and elevation of all minorities in this country. I adore her. I really hope Georgia, I really hope you vote for her. You're doing yourself a disservice if you don't. Um, she is so special that even Obama knows who she is. So um, uh, that's my nominee for this week. Shantae. My nominee was Black women, but I switched it to Gretchen Whitmer after watching clips of her debate and how she nicely, gently shut down Tudor Dixon what kind of fucking name is that? Tudor Dixon. You know, just imagine like a like a Sarah Palin and the Liz Cheney in that person. Yuck, right? So yeah, watch the debate. She's crazy. She's she's like psychotic. Like she really is like crazy. Like she's like a step for a wife. Like if you put a battery in her back, like she's like a machine because everything was rehearsed. Literally, everything was rehearsed. And Gretchen Wimmer, she's like so sassy. She's like, I just don't know what she said, but we're not just going to argue with that. So, you know, our mission, us Michiganders. What do, they know, call her, not, what do they call her? Big Gretch? Big Gretch. Big Shark Week. <laughs> big Gretch. No, but she's, <laughs> Big Gretch is, little, is short, but she got a Big Gretch personality. So, like, she's been doing a damn thing for Michiganders, despite the fact that the Proud Boys tried to kidnap her, possibly could have raped her and killed her, God forbid, you know, like crazy shit. But this is know. not normal. This is none of this is normal. Oh my God. Sorry to make it like a like a slightly bitter, joyful, sweet thing, but you know, Gretchen Whitmore is the shit. Like I actually like her. I wish some people would have her energy that's running from the same position that she is, but that's a whole nother subject for a whole nother time, even though she did pretty good in her debate against, you know, the trash island dude. But, you know, Gretchen Whitmer literally saved Michiganders' lives during COVID. Like, she saved y'all lives. Now, if y'all wanted to die, that was your business. But she saved Michiganders' lives. So mine, she is my nominee for Badass of the Week. And for the final nominee, I nominated New Yorkers. Because where else in the world can you go other than Yankee Stadium and get bitched out for being a piece of shit <laughs> if, you're not, if you're not Ted Cruz. And, <laughs> the way that they greeted Ted Cruz, it's like, it's 
I, they didn't even greet him. They jeered him. It's like, it was a whole bunch of fuck yous and flipping him off. And like, and that's not hey, remember, remember when Trump disrespected your wife, called your wife ugly, and then you endorsed him? You remember that? Fuck you. Like, that's so not, New Yorker. That's not the first time. That no, he it's not. He was accosted in the Bronx again. The yeah. Bronx and, and, and Raphael got a special relationship, okay? Listen, you want the most grimiest people? Just go uptown to the Bronx or the second spot, Brooklyn, New York. Like, that's where the AG's from, by the way. She's from Brooklyn. Shout out to Brooklyn. But shout out to the Bronx, too, for letting Raphael know, like, you remember when your wife disrespected you and you still endorsed him and he called your wife ugly and all that? Sound like so, my nominee is New Yorkers because come on, man. <laughs> so I don't know why New Yorkers get a bad rep. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm a transplant. Well, I'm a I, transplant to New York and I, I love New Yorkers. So. I, every time I have been to New York city, it has been a wonderful experience with wonderful people. Like I love New York. It's one of my favorite places. Well, as a native on this panel of New York and still live here, not leaving because the transplants in Manhattan decide they want to take up space and shit like that and be rude. They're the rudest motherfuckers, not Sarah, but they're the rudest motherfuckers. Well, I'm not in the city. I'm not in the city. So. But no, the transplants in the city, they're fucking rude. They're fucking rude. But yeah, we're the most helpful people. The natives are the most helpful people. If you get lost, we'll tell you where to go. And even we'll help you. We'll walk you to the place. We ain't going to take your money. We ain't going to take none of that shit. You know what I'm saying? All we try to do in the city is live and maintain. As Rich Porter once said, if you watch Paid in Full, you will understand. All we try to do is live and maintain. That's all we want to do. Yep. So our nominees for Badass of the Week this week are B. Say it for me one more time, Gamma. Nguyen. 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 Yes. Okay. B. Nguyen. New Yorkers and Governor Whitmer. And, and that- so is our badass, bitch ass and badass nominees. So we would like to thank you all for tuning in to another lively, unapologetically she. And thanks to our co-host, Miss Gamma Ring for Woo-hoo! showing up. Our co, our network sister, check her out on Border Crossing if you know the show still comes on. But she is still our network sister and all our other shows. And if you want more content, please subscribe to our Patreon. It's only $4.99 a month. You know, there's different tiers. I believe there's different tiers. And if you want to hit us up on the social, check us out on the social. We are at B T H E Joyful She on Twitter, Instagram, and you can also find Unapologetically She Facebook page. So once again, thank you so much for tuning in. You have a nice and lovely week. Catch y'all on the flip side next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Unapologetically She. I'm Sarah. I'm Shante. I'm Eliane. You can find us on all social media platforms at the T-H-E-E Joyful She. And it's because of listeners like you that we are able to share our thoughts on current events. Please support us on Patreon at the Joyful She. We'll see you online.